Welcome to our Think Kingdom podcast. We want to welcome you this week as we celebrate Resurrection Sunday. Let's see what God's Word has for us from lead pastor Antoine Lassiter. Uh, John chapter 20, verse 1, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene um, came to the tomb early, and while it was still dark, she saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. As she went running to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, I circle that or highlight that, the other disciple, Um, the one Jesus loves. Uh, Highlight that, the other disciple, the one that Jesus loved, because obviously Jesus didn't love Peter. No, that's, yeah, that's... That's not true, but think about how that read. So, so she went running to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, you know, the one that Jesus loved, um, and said to them, uh, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they put him. At that, Peter and the other guy, other disciple, went out heading to the tomb, and the two were running together, uh, but the other disciple outran Peter and got to the tomb first. This other disciple seems to be petty. This is one of the greatest moments in history, and this other guy wants you to know that he beat, to, he, he beat Peter to the tomb. He got a head start. Peter got a head start, but the other guy beat him, which means that Peter's slow. But, and he wanted <laughs> y'all to know that I, I, I beat Peter to the tomb. So uh, verse number five, stooping down, he saw the linen clothes lying there, but he did not go in. Then following him, Simon Peter... Um, also came. So, so this other guy got to the tomb and was able to peek around, and then finally Peter caught up. That's petty, man. He entered the tomb and saw the linen clothes lying there. Uh, the wrapping that had been on his head was not lying with the linen cloth, but was folded up in a separate place by itself. The other disciple who reached the tomb first, he's reminding us, the other disciple reached the tomb first. Um, and then also went in, saw, and believed. Wait. Oh, I must have read that wrong. The, the other disciple who reached the tomb first, then also went in, saw, and believed. I thought you said you were a disciple, though. The other disciple who had reached the tomb first, then also went in, saw, and believed. But you've been following Jesus all this time. And you mean you can actually follow Jesus and not believe who he is? Like this other disciple. Like this is a very interesting moment. Because what that speaks volumes to, that I can believe in his nature. And I can believe in some characteristics of Jesus, but that don't necessarily mean that I believe in Jesus. So the other disciple who had reached the tomb first, then also went in, saw, and believed. We are taught that, you, you know, faith is only the substance of what you can't see. But the evidence of things not, you know, faith is the substance of things not seen, but the evidence of things. But, but this disciple is, the other disciple is admitting. Like when, when the ladies came back and said that he's not there, so we can argue that they were talking about the fact that they didn't believe that he was there, that, 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 that somebody was taking him, right? So they can, we can argue that the disciples, the other disciple, believes that that's not what happened, that his body was still there. Either way, 
How you not remember what he said? He said that the temple must be destroyed in three days. I come back. How you not see that? So whether this point is referencing that the women came and said they have taken the body. Our Lord isn't there. And they're believing what he said. They did not believe what they said. Why wouldn't they believe him? Because this whole journey they were on with Jesus was to, was the, this was the moment that Jesus was preparing them. But the other disciple, the other disciple who reached the tomb first, then also went and saw and believed for, verse number nine gives the answers, for they did not yet understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. They didn't understand the fullness of what that means. And so they didn't understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. He must. Heaven and earth is hinging on the fact that he must rise from the dead. Verse number 10, then the disciples returned to the place they were saying. So I want to focus on the other disciple, but since he's named second, I got to focus on Peter because everybody knows Peter. Like everybody like rocks with Peter. So P- Peter is familiar. And so he's the guy that most of us know. Um, so let's just recap about Peter. Peter is the loud one and the wrong one. Like you ever met somebody who's loud and wrong? That's, that's Peter. Like Peter just says how he feels. Um, if you don't know anyone like that, you might be that person. So now everybody's like, yeah, yeah, I know who that is. <laughs> Peter was usually found answering questions too quickly, and he had a bravado about himself. So Peter is the guy who jumps out of the boat. Uh, this is crazy, so i got to speed up. But they're on a boat. Uh, they see uh, uh, someone walking. Peter's that guy's like, hey, if it's you, Jesus, Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come out there. Jesus like, come on in. So he, Peter's a guy that walks on water, and then when things get tight, Lord, save me. Save me, Jesus. Like, and so Jesus saves them. Like, that's, that's Peter. Uh, Jesus is preparing them. On Maundy Thursday, he's preparing them. Like, hey, you know, things about to get rough, and, uh, you know, I just got to, I'm preparing you guys. And, and Peter's that guy that's literally in the garden. John 18 and 10 uh, it says that Simon, who had a sword, see, John is that dude. Like, like, so, so Simon, Peter, had a sword and drew it when they were coming to take Jesus and cut the dude's ear off. And then, and then Jesus looks at Peter's like, bro, I'm good. Put that down. So Peter's just like, and it's funny, you know, that's, and then, you know, the scripture says that Jesus healed them. But Peter's never, like, charged with assault or anything. It's just weird. Like, he just cuts the dude's ear off, and Jesus like, no, I'm good. That's Peter. So Peter is the guy who Jesus calls a rock in one breath and rebukes him in the next. That's, that's, that's that guy. Like, Peter is the guy who at the, at the Last Supper was like, Jesus, I'm your ride or die. But what he really meant was, Jesus, I'm going to ride until you die. Because Jesus, because <laughs> Peter was like, when Jesus was taken, Jesus like looked at Peter and was like, you're not going to do that. Oh, yes, I am, Lord. Are you kidding me? Okay. Hate to bust your bubble, but by the time the crow uh, crows three times, 
you're going to have to deny it. So Peter, you know, fast forward like two hours later. So fast forward, and Peter's just like, man, he took Jesus, and they were going about a fire. And then someone's like, that's, yo, that's the, you, you that dude. He was like, nuh-uh. He's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You was the one with Jesus. And Peter's like, look, man, I was not that guy. And then they asked him a third time, but this time, the way the scripture is written, the dude said a few words that the scripture didn't write. Like, he's, he, he, got, he got beasted. Like, I'm not that guy, man. Okay, brother, I thought you look like that dude. I'm sorry. So that's Peter. So Peter also, God restores. This is the resurrection. Peter is also the first person to preach the gospel to the world. So although Peter had all these mess-ups, like God still used them. So can you see yourself in Peter? All these mess-ups. And then there's this other guy. That's who we want to focus on for, literally for, I mean, this is a real preacher talk. Ten minutes? All right, so, so, so this is the other disciple. So often when you, when you, when you, end, when you end, I think you go down all the way to uh, verse number, uh, John chapter 21, uh, the disciple, John, identifies himself as the other disciple. So we discover that the other disciple is John. And it's interesting in their relationship that when you read the disciples being paired together, you have Peter, James, and John. John's always last. And it's interesting um, that James and John were brothers. And how cool is the nickname that Jesus gives you and your brother, sons of thunder. I could rock with that. That's, that's a hashtag. Jesus called me sons of thunder. Now, now, some people, some scholars and historians believe that, that that name was talking about their personality. But I remember reading about John, and John just seemed to be sort of, I don't know, timid. I don't, I don't know, because I, I think we were contrasting him and Peter. And so, like, Peter just seems to be jumping out there, and then uh, John would just seem to be playing, you know, behind the scenes. But John was that guy who he discovered in John chapter, I think it's Mark 9, that uh, John was a disciple that there are other people that was casting out demons like they were. And John was that guy, hey, Jesus, guess what? It's just crazy. They got people down there casting out demons too. And he was like, calm down. You ain't the only ones I have. But we're the original 12. You know what I'm talking about, Jesus? Like, what, what are they doing? That's John. John was that guy that when Jesus went to Samaria, to the Samaritan's village, that James and John, and they didn't welcome him. They was like, nah, we don't want that Jesus here. And so, so they go to the Samaritan village. James and John was that, Lord, they ain't welcome you? Lord, let us call down fire and destroy the whole village. That's like James and John. Like, that's, that's crazy. So John wasn't this passive guy that sometimes we paint him as. He was high strong, man. He had a lot of, and so this is what's interesting. And Jesus was like, man, I'm good. These things are supposed to happen. And so this is John. But then there's a moment that Jesus is taken, and the disciples scatter. He's on the cross. Jesus is on the cross. 
And Jesus is on a cross and he sees his mother. And then what's crazy, John, John's, speaking of moms, John's mom, John and James' mom, started a fight with, between the disciples. They were like, it caused strife because the mom came in and was like, Jesus, can James and John be like number two and three in the kingdom? And Jesus was like, what? And James and John was like, yeah. Yeah, we about that life. And Jesus was like, you don't even know what cup you're asking. So I'm just going to. I'm just going <laughs> to ignore. And then because he's Jesus, Jesus creates an object lesson. And the disciples are like, yeah, how he going to die? Like, that's the whole thing. Because people want to strive to be something. And we see it often in church at times that out there we're just so-and-so, but in here. And so there's always a strife that occurs when we don't think kingdom and we keep thinking empire. We try to take the empire out there and bring it in here. And so Jesus is reminding him, this cup that I'm about to drink, you, you, you really don't understand what you're asking. But while Jesus is hanging on the cross, he looks at John and says, hey, take care of my mom. Something is happening with John, the beauty of John, because unlike the other gospels, like the Gospel of Matthew is, is being written to the Jewish community. And then there's these religious overtones. So you start with Matthew and you start seeing like this person begat, this person, and this person begat. And most of us just skip through those names that we can't pronounce. But there's a purpose behind that because he's showing the lineage, the family tree of Jesus. And then you have Mark. And Mark is written to the Romans and it has the gospel advancing. And so there's a power dynamic in Mark. And then you have Luke that's written to the Greeks and the beauty of, of the culture. And then you have John. And John writes to everybody because John wants us to see that we need God. And the path to God is through Jesus. So John shows the beauty. And one of the most popular scriptures that the unsaved and saved know John pins John 3.16. For God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. So this is the other disciple. But when you read the book of John, you start seeing how he crafts the fact that Jesus is divine. He starts off with in the beginning was the word. Like he just like Jesus was there. Jesus is creator. And so he weaves this for everyone. He, he documents the, the woman that's caught in adultery, and he does all of this, and he talks about how Jesus is the light of the world. And see, this is that other disciple who's writing the account for us. But he's writing it when he's older. He's more mature. And he's witnessed many things that Jesus did. And so John seems to be inviting us to experience the beauty of the resurrected Jesus in a way that transforms us like it transformed him. That's what John is doing. The other disciple who reached the tomb first then also went in and saw and believed. 
And his journey that he's seen with Jesus, like John is the guy that in the midst of, uh, Pastor Gary um, illustrated this to us on Good Friday service, he, he, that John was the one that just got close to Jesus and placed his head in Jesus' chest. And, and this is the guy who understood something, even if he saw it incomplete. Because this is the disciple who testifies at John 21 and 24 and 25, the, the end of the book of John. This is the disciple who testified to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. This is what John is saying. And there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if every one of them were written down, I suppose not even the world itself could contain the books that would be written. That's what John has witnessed. And so John got close to Jesus and sat in places that the others didn't seat, sit. During the Last Supper, Scripture says that John rested his head on the chest of Jesus. And at the cross, John stood. He knew where to sit and he knew where to stand. John stood when others left and John served Jesus by serving his mother. And he served when and where others didn't want to. See, the scripture says that Jesus saw him standing nearby. Even while Jesus was on the cross, John was still trying to get close. So you go from the guy who's a little arrogant, you know, still got a little sprinkle of pettiness in him. I mean, we are yet being delivered. But what he does is so beautiful here. Because in John 21 and 7, Jesus is resurrected and they're fishing. And there's something about being close to Jesus that even in that moment, the scripture says that, they, that they're fishing and they're struggling. And Jesus is on the shore and says, friends, put your net on the other side. The disciples obey, and now they have so many fish, the nets are breaking, and they can't haul it in. And John is the disciple that says, that's Jesus. And they said, Simon Peter, like, yo, you know, Simon is still Simon. Simon just jumps out the boat and starts swimming to Jesus. But he can only swim to Jesus when John recognized him. Because because John recognized him because he was so close. And so he, if, if I couldn't see him, Dion, I know his voice. That's, the, that, that's what John is showing us. So now John is okay with being called the other guy. Because the other guy wasn't concerned about position. The other guy was concerned about posture. That I walked with Jesus for so long, and now I saw, I saw the empty tomb, and now I believe. I realized that the kingdom, John, the kingdom that John was writing about was about the resurrected king. So here's what's crazy. He saw and believed. His, he saw with his head, but he believed with his heart. See, the head tells us who Jesus is. And most of us grew up hearing about Jesus. But the experience with Jesus transforms the heart. 
And what you're seeing John do, Tip, what you're seeing John do is have a head knowledge of Jesus. But now when he saw that empty tomb, it became a heart issue then. Many of us are sitting learning about Jesus, but Jesus doesn't have root enough to transform our lives. When you see that the heart transforms the knowledge into reality, what are you saying? You just said a lot. When the knowledge of Christ changes my behavior, that's what John started to realize. Because he didn't live with the moniker, the other disciple. No, as he grew, he was the disciple who Jesus loved. What are you saying? In other words, he saw the most important description of what he could be called is the guy that Jesus loved. He wasn't saying that, uh, that, 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 that God, Jesus, loved him more but that's what he identified himself with. You see the difference? There's a difference with understanding that Jesus is love. God is love. But it's a difference in seeing that I am loved by God. There is a posture that, that we have to see. We don't all love God the same. When we hear the disciples who, when we hear about the disciple who Jesus loved, it doesn't mean that, that he loved John more and the others less. It's the message that John took to heart. That's the message that he's pending. That's the message that he is recognizing that that's the beauty of Jesus. Jesus loved us in this way that he gave his life for ours. See, I'm here to invite you to experience the love of Jesus. I know you understand how Jesus is woven into your story. Most of us can recognize, hey, when I was doing this, I remember God capturing me, and I remember, I remember God pulling me out. But I'm saying, okay, you remember, but are you the other disciple? The one that Jesus loved, that you actually take to heart. See, the resurrection is incomplete without understanding the love Jesus has for us. And John understood that the resurrection was proof. The resurrection is proof of God's love and his forgiveness. The resurrection reminds us that God's love for us is so strong in Isaiah, he has engraved our names on the palm of his hand. That's how much he loves you. And that's six times. In the book of John, John refers to himself as the other guy, the other disciple. Three times in the same book, he refers to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. But the weight of God's love for John makes the other disciple recognize the truth that the resurrection brings to the forefront of us, that he loves you. My whole point for you, and in the sound of my voice, and the background of those kids, <laughs> that Jesus loves you. We used to sing a song, I'm not. Je Jesus loves me, this I know. And then they point us to the origin of that love, for the Bible tells me so. 
I'm inviting you into a space where you just, I'm done, where you experience God's love. Oftentimes, I run into those, because, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm like the hair client, I'm like the hair club for men. I'm not only the president, but I'm also a client. So I struggled with realizing God's love for me. This is an opportunity for you to experience God's love. Not the love that others tell you you deserve by their behavior towards you. We are in relationships sometimes with people who say, I love you, in one breath, and their behavior basically cancels out that love. So when we hear love, we have an image of broken love. God invites you in to experience the love that only he can give. And this is the space that we're in. That he loved us in such a way that he gave his son for you. And I know that we live in an individualistic world, but I do, as Sweet reminded us, I want us to take this personal. I want us to see God's love evidence in our life. And so I'm inviting you into this space, this moment, to experience God's love. If you are blessed by anything you heard in today's podcast and you feel led to give, feel free to text the word GIVE to 704-741-3705. And if you are in Charlotte or the surrounding areas, come on by and visit us at 465 South Cannon Boulevard in Kannapolis, North Carolina, Sundays at 1033. You can also join us online Sundays on Facebook and YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to us and check out our Instagram under Think Kingdom. As always, you can go back and hear this message and so many more right here on our Think Kingdom podcast.